Hello, I'm Bita Luca, and you are on a journey of exploring the world of curiosity with me. That's what Hypercurious is all about. For the explorers, the artists, the entrepreneurs who don't want to settle for less, they are questioners, they want something different in their lives, they are hypercurious. How's been your experience so far in the series? Over the past seven weeks, my guests have opened up to me and been so vulnerable. And now it's my turn to share something with you. Being a serial entrepreneur in the games industry for the last 10 years made me realize three big things. Most of my aha moments in life and business came when I was under huge pressure to succeed or had no way out. As Brenda Burchard says, high necessity is the emotional drive that makes great performance a must. In other words, you are a piece of carbon that transforms into a diamond through a process of high temperature pressure. Isn't that beautiful? Painful, I know, but very much needed for humans to reach new horizons. The second big enlightenment moment of my career as an entrepreneur, marketer and artist I guess I can say I am an artist. I believe the best entrepreneurs are artists deep down, always ready to paint many terrible pictures until we paint our masterpiece. And it can take many years to master your masterpiece, I have to say. So my second light bulb moment is, of course, about curiosity and the power of letting things go. Every founder of marketer has to create a powerful name for the companies or products at some point in their lives. When I was brainstorming with my team about the name of this podcast, Hypercurious appeared and all of them got completely hooked. I had so many doubts, had to meditate on this several times, had my overthinking and perfectionist tendencies dwell on that for weeks. I kid you not. Then I let it go. Instead of being super concerned, I went into my curious mode. I asked them questions about why this was the name we should settle on. Then I asked many thousands of followers on my social media to vote for the visuals that represented Hypercurious the best. And I was blown away by the amount of responses that I got. I simply followed my curiosity and not what my high achieving monkey brain was demanding of me. Why am I telling you this story? Because this episode is a super special one, almost like an experiment, something that I love doing all the time, if you haven't noticed yet. If you listen to the whole series so far, you notice that at the end of each show, I play the game with my guests. As a gamer myself who loves quirky and wonderful stories, I created a fictional character called Olivia. She doesn't exist in real life, but I have a feeling that her story will resonate with so many listeners out there, or actually have already resonated with lots of you. You could be Olivia. You may know someone who is Olivia. Her life is a combination of so many moments we have at some point in our lives, dilemmas, ups and downs, moments of doubt, huge conviction, happiness, sadness, bravery, self-loathing, confidence. Very soon, you will embark in Olivia's adventure with me. Her full story will be told right now as a celebration of the zest of life we all have inside us. I know it can sometimes be dormant, but our curiosity has the power to awaken it. 
You know what's the most exciting thing about this episode? I'm bringing you the beautiful life advice given by all my incredible guests and taking you back to the precious moment we recorded Hypercurious. Stay with me for every piece of advice. There might be just a nugget of wisdom that really stays with you. And at the end of this episode, you hear more about what's next in Hypercurious. So without further ado, let's enter the world of Olivia together. Olivia starts the series as a 25-year-old recent graduate working in a large financial institution in London. Her career choice was heavily influenced by two strong drives, her parents and her desire to get rich young. Hands up if you started your career with this intention. Well, as some of you know, well, at least I know for sure, money doesn't bring you happiness. And living a life that's not connected to your values is not a life worth living. In Steve Jobs' words, your time is limited, so don't waste it living someone else's life. Olivia wanted to provoke changes in the organization as if the external world would help her face her own demons. That was, of course, not working and making her hugely frustrated. She started hating her job and couldn't stop thinking about why she allowed her family to have such a massive influence on her decisions. One day, in a moment of desperation, Olivia goes for a walk in the park on a Saturday sunny, chilly morning of spring to start her day on a different note and hopefully reflect enough that she could find a way out. She bumps into an old friend from school days. Charmaine Reed and Olivia were best friends, but life got in the way. They hadn't seen each other for years. Char became a successful entrepreneur and they lost connection. And as they caught up about life and left so much together, remembering the old times, Olivia started sharing her deepest career and life troubles as if no one could save her from herself. What a day to go for a walk. Shah seemed to be exactly the right person at the right time with the right advice Olivia needed to hear. You have to understand that the only person you can control is yourself and you cannot control anything around you in terms of, you know, it's expended energy where the most important thing to change first is yourself. And she reminds Olivia that she's following a narrative that tells her that she needs to be financially secure to be able to progress in life. And these stories are not her stories. So I would start by rewriting your own narrative from scratch by understanding what your inner passions and desires are and doing a process like the Ikigai process or any kind of um, framework which allows you to uncover what your true inner desires are. Then Sharmadine completes her advice with a perspective that Olivia had never heard from anyone. Play games you can win. I wouldn't enter any industry whereby the structure of that industry, the game, was designed to make me fail. So the finance industry is not designed to make women win at that game. It's like me trying to play basketball, but I'm like three foot tall, right? Like that's not a game that's designed for me to win. I would only choose games where I have high probability of winning. Olivia thought to herself, could this be my way forward, choosing games I can win? Isn't it too deterministic? And Shah adds a spin to it that explains why Olivia felt like she had hit a wall. Once I found my game where I can win, 
Then, and once I've written my own narrative, and once I've chosen my own path, then I can decide if I want to bring others along. Because others come along to change once you've changed your own life. Once you have to set an example and like lead by example. Wow. Life is a very weird set of unexpected events, isn't it? The clarity that Olivia had when listening to Char's words, that changed everything. It's as if Olivia had taken the red pill, like in the movie Matrix, the red pill that shows you the unpleasant truth, but it also gets you out of your ignorance. Olivia decided to not only take action, but take ownership of her life. The time was now. She went into overdrive and created a side hustle for herself. Every single evening after work, Olivia was investing in learning about her true passions and desires. She did the Ikai exercise, read books on the theme, did Enneagram, Myers-Briggs, as friends, what she was naturally good at. She was like on fire. And she discovered she's a marketer by heart. She's curious, fantastic at understanding why people buy what they buy. She's a great copywriter and can easily craft a persuasive message to influence people on social media. She's so connected to the latest trends, a lateral thinker, constantly connecting the dots. She signs up to the best online courses to sharpen her knowledge and eventually quit her job in finance to work at a marketing agency. Marketing is Olivia's passion and a game she can definitely win. Okay, so she found her passion. The hard part is over, right? Think again. After almost a year working as a copywriter doing what she thought she loved, Olivia feels deeply unhappy. Why? She looks around and everyone is so much better than her. Basically, Olivia feels like an intern after four years into her career. She wonders, how can she contribute to the agency the way that she imagined if she has little power of influence? Amy Landino, the successful YouTuber and author who has been helping people create the life they want for a decade, is someone Olivia always admired. She once had a masterclass with Amy and they stayed in touch. That's it. Amy is the right person to call and have a chat with. Right on the offset, Amy got a grasp of the situation and very rapidly and emphatically said, Stop telling yourself stories. You still continue to tell yourself a story. And the biggest piece of it, an important piece of it, is that you've already decided the story that everyone around you is better than you. Oh no, Olivia feels almost embarrassed about herself. After all this work and changes, is she again creating a narrative for her life that's simply destructive? Not only that, she enters a mode of imposter syndrome the psychological pattern that makes you doubt about your capabilities and feel diminished amongst others. The worst is the fact that you told yourself a story that once you made this change, all would be made sense. Everything would work. We keep telling stories and we don't actually observe what is happening. We're also, therefore, not controlling the controllable of gratefulness of a moment. I was in the wrong career, 
but I learned a lot from it and I made a steady paycheck and the people around me were mostly positive and everything was good. If we keep telling ourselves a story, we're not actually looking at what's happening around us that can help us. Amy reminds Olivia about life being a journey, not a destination. We are always learning. If you're learning more about what's right for you, you may not have reached your destination, but the goal is to never actually reach the destination. You're always on a journey here. So yeah, being at that agency, learning from some of the best is a moment to reflect on so that you can control the controllable and continue to do better. But the answer to your prayers and feeling like you fit in was never going to come with getting that job or making that change. It was only going to be a part of the journey. Oliver hangs up and has a little cry moment. Firstly, because she comes to terms her pain is not real. And what an opportunity she has on her hands from being surrounded by fantastic professionals she can learn from. Secondly, she cries from feeling deep gratefulness for having someone like Amy in her life. Olivia takes action. The best way to learn fast is to find a mentor inside the agency. She was thrilled about her decision, couldn't be happier now. She's confident, nailing things, having wider influence, progressing so fast in her career. When it feels like there's no stopping Olivia's progressing, life gets in the way. The world enters a huge recession. Her agency has to make big cuts, people cuts, salary cuts, and Olivia's role become redundant. The good news is that her work standards are truly appreciated. So much so that instead of letting her go, her boss offers her a role that became available in the finance department of the agency. Now you guess what's going to happen, right? There she was, feeling she took five steps back in her career and had no hopes for tomorrow. I mean, this time things were really out of her control. Olivia feels like she went off from a very fast lane to an uphill struggle. She started reading Mo's Gaudat book, So For Happy, and was amazed by Mo's story and, most importantly, how he sees happiness being all about the present moment. Could Mo be the right person to get some advice from? Absolutely. They connected through a common friend. Olivia meets Mo, and her first question is, how can someone stay happy regardless of all the pain that you have? This is your whole life. You're constantly trapped into that physical phenomena we're unable to explain that's called the arrow of time. And in every slice of that time, this is your entire life, your entire experience here and now. Everything else is inside our heads. Mo questions the role of our jobs. Not everyone or every time we need to take our whole happiness and fulfillment from our jobs. We could see our jobs with a different purpose. Sometimes we really, really over-index uh, our jobs, okay? Our jobs foremost are there to pay the bills, okay? And finding your passion in life uh, does not necessarily have to be within your job. So for some people, I say, yeah, if you're good at your job and your passion is not about your job, you know, maybe you're an artist or you want to play jazz, finance is a great job because you're going to leave at five o'clock. Most days are there other than months closing. 
and that allows you to go and play jazz. Fine. And let's not forget the importance of flow. It's very easy to disregard our need for flow when our minds are troubled and stuck. Life took you to a corner where you're now in a place you don't like. The first thing is embrace the place, allow yourself to find the most comfortable seating in that place, allow, allow yourself to find the best of you within that place. That's number one. Then number two is embrace your ability to analyze, to plan, to understand, to recognize what it is that you're really, really all about, whether that's at work or outside work. But ultimately, this is the key to always remember. Embrace what you have. Life is not always going to play to our advantage. The, the game of life has to be sometimes interesting, sometimes harsh, and a lot of the time annoying. This reminds Olivia of the wise words of Charlie Chaplin. Nothing is permanent in this wicked world, not even our troubles. And you know what? After a lot of reflection, Olivia felt it was time to start living life in a more lighthearted way. Not only embracing what you have, but going all the way weird. Why not? Arlen Hamilton says it all. Her passion and wisdom and her courageous words kept on resonating in Olivia's mind. Being weird is absolutely the best thing that could have ever happened to me. I would not be talking to you right now. I would not have a multi-million dollar fund. I would not have 130 investments and counting. I would not have an influence or a power, as you've said, in Silicon Valley. I would not, any of that. I would not have a, a book out had I not been weird. Okay, Alan's story from homeless to a powerful investor in Silicon Valley is super inspiring. But I get it. It can seem unachievable for many of us. Let's remember, in the grand scheme of things, every one of us has an impact on someone you come across every single day. The Uber driver, the guy who serves you coffee at your favorite cafe, the lady you spoke with while in the queue in the post office. You just never know who you're affecting. You never know who you're influencing and you never know who you're inspiring. Alan has also an amazing quote in her book that sums it all. Be yourself so that people looking for you can find you. These words of wisdom and motivation makes Olivia be in peace, stay put in her job, and face this troubled moment with calm and presence. But also, find her weirdness and jazz moments outside of her job to bring her joy. After all, if you aren't able to find the joy, then what's the point? Recession is over and her fast lane is opened up to her again. She goes back to the creative department and very rapidly becomes the perfect candidate to become a creative director. Until one day when Olivia receives an unexpected call from a friend inviting her to become her co-founder in a startup that's truly going to revolutionize the advertising world. What a dilemma. It's a classic sliding doors moment. On one hand, Olivia has a beautiful, promising, and perhaps a more secure career path at the agency she invested so much of herself. On the other hand, she knows these kinds of opportunities don't knock on our doors too often. Both options would totally allow her to continue to do what she loves, but one is a massive risk. A key question couldn't leave her mind. Am I the entrepreneurial type? Should I take the risk and jump into the unknown? 
Nick Telson, the founder of Design My Night, is Olivia's cousin. He's the perfect person to get some valuable advice from. Nick used to work in marketing at L'Oreal until he decided to become an entrepreneur. He fell in love with it, sold his company, and nowadays is an angel investor of dozens of startups. Number one is look at your personal circumstances. Can you afford physically and emotionally to sort of put your life on hold for at least two years? Good question. Olivia thinks she can. Being a minimalist and living a frugal life have some advantages. Secondly, I would say if you left your company, would you leave on good enough terms and that they like you enough that if it all went wrong, you, you know you would have a job back in that same company again? So if those two things were... Yes, so I have enough finances in my life and I'm emotionally ready to put my life on hold and I could go back to that same company or job that I love, then I would say go for it. I think it's like having a baby, actually, making the jump. So a lot of my friends um, are having kids or have had kids. Um, whenever I ask them, are you ready for this? They always say no. You can't really mentally prepare yourself. But when you have the baby, you just get on with it. And I think that's the same with being a founder, an entrepreneur, is if you listed all the things that it was going to entail, you would never make the jump. So just make that jump. And you know what? If it's not right for you and you hate it, you know you've got a job to go back to. Brilliant. Go for it, but have a plan B. Olivia is over the moon with this super practical advice and she has a great feeling that the time is now and she'll love the ride. The what is decided, now Olivia needs to figure out the how. How could she make the jump but keep the doors open? The best person to give her advice on that is Maria Sayans, the CEO of Us2 and a former McKinsey consultant. They had met at an Apple Award event where her favorite game, which was created by Maria's team, got a prize. They bonded so much over drinks and deep conversations about life values and touching the souls of consumers. Plus, Maria is a rare breed of a woman CEO of a video games company. So she immediately came to mind in this moment of doubt. So I think that there's a number of different doors to keep open, right? One is uh, with people with the people in the company that you're leaving, how do you make sure that they feel part of your story, that they're rooting for you? Um, so the more that you can bring them along with your journey of why you want to do this, why it is exciting, give them enough time so that they can process this, right? So you're not leaving them in the middle of a project after they've invested in you and they've, uh, you know, in some cases taken risks for you. So find who these people are, who these key people are, and bring them along in the journey. Tell them, like, you know, use them for advice, like, you know, walk them through what you're thinking and see what they tell you. And, and I find that when people give you advice, very often they come a little bit um, invested in your story and they want to help you further. Very good point. Back to being grateful and somewhat humble. Olivia has no breaks when it comes to ask for advice, but there's more. Olivia is attentively listening. But I've never been a founder uh, of a startup. 
And I've often heard that actually you've got to burn the boats. Like if you're thinking that you're going to go back, then you probably are already, <laughs> you're already losing. So my first instinct is like, just burn the boats because being a founder from the founders that I know and, and other people that I know, it's just, it's really hard work. And if you think that you can make it back, you're going to lose your, your conviction and uh, uh, very, very quickly. So I don't think these two things are incompatible. Keep the relationships, but don't think too much about going back. I, I, I just, um, it's never good to go back. You always go forward, go forward. Oh, what a perspective this conversation gave to Olivia. Burn the boats, never go back. The risk of failure is better than hesitation. Olivia is ready. The what is sorted, the how is sorted. But there's a problem. What are really the next concrete steps to start a business? How do you go about positioning your company in the market? How do you gain clients when you know one? There is LinkedIn. Surely, with her power of persuasion, Olivia could convince someone in a similar space to have a quick chat and eventually even collaborate with her. She came across Fanbytes and its founder, Timothy Armu, the mindset of a 24-year-old who's running his third company targeting Gen Z can be exactly what Olivia needs to tap into right now. He may ignore her, but it's worth a try. Timo responds to her invite for a coffee over Zoom. Upon her big question, Timo goes... Define exactly who her customer is, but not just, you know, my customers' brands or my customers' that. Like, even in that, what niche is she actually focusing on? Interesting. This is quite a big insight. Having worked with traditional clients for a while, it's been ages since Oliva had to do a deep down into a very specific niche and set of consumers. Timo shares his experience with Fanbytes and why this matters so much in early stages. We started focusing on entertainment and then we went even niche down and then we said music, then went even niche down and then we said, well, pop music. And that actually enabled us to very quickly win people like, you know, Bruno Mars, Ed Sheeran, like all these people, because we just focused on being so niche. And so that's actually what we did. I would say, well, the first thing is like, who is your niche inside of your niche? Because if you're able to do that, then it's very easy for you to create sales material which is focused on that particular person instead of it just being, we do this. Actually, it's like, we do this for, you know, DTC brands who want to reach Gen Z, or we do this for RPG gaming brands who want to reach Gen Z, like being so niche. That's the first thing. Then he goes on a super important approach to gain clients. Find the five biggest brands, ignore them, and then find their challenger brands. So instead of going to, you know, the biggest person with the biggest budgets, I will go to the fast growing startup who wants to take on that big person in that niche. And I will go, I want to use you as like a hero case study, as like a hero client. And I would just do that across. So I'll do that maybe three times. By the time you've done that, you would have grown a name and then you can then just like scale it across. And because everyone is part of a niche, 
like a really, really tight niche, it becomes very easy for you to actually then like um, get everyone on board because it's like, well, this brand is it, this brand is it, this brand did it. And you seem to be the thought leader in this particular niche. Okay, find your smallest niche, engage with the challenger brands and become the thought leader in your niche. Beautiful. So we've been right there with Olivia as she looked for advice in changing jobs, careers, faced the recession, doubted herself many times, exercised deep self-awareness, rewrote her story and narrative and found her inner weird, her inner happiness and went through tons of struggles along the way. She leaves her employer on good terms to become a founder and brave the new world. And the rest of the story, that's up to Olivia. One thing I can tell you is that there will be more bumps in the road and more hurdles to overcome for Olivia. Success is never linear. Now I ask you, what advice resonated most with you? What decisions would you have made differently? Our careers are full of aha moments, U-turns, struggles, small and huge achievements. And we don't know what the next minute of our lives will be. All we have is the present moment. All we can do is to make decisions to the best of our abilities. So here's my last light bulb moment. People often ask me if I had any regrets in my life. You know what? I don't. I can honestly tell you that's not how my brain is wired. I'm a human, a failing human, and you are too. So what's the point of regretting things? If you knew better, you would have done differently. I started multiple businesses. Most of them didn't succeed. I raised millions of investments. I crossed the Atlantic Ocean from Brazil to the UK 15 years ago. I couldn't even speak proper English then. I failed and succeeded many times and always went forward in my career and my life. Was it easy? No way. Have I had doubts? Of course. Have I thought I was an imposter many times? 100%. Have those stopped me to create a life that's aligned with my values? Absolutely not. So it's your turn now. Be the change you want to see in the world. And always, always, always allow yourself to be led by curiosity, never from fear. And in the most high-pressure moments, remember you can be that carbon transforming to a diamond. Embrace the pain, take time to reflect, and enjoy the progress, as Ray Dalio says in his book, Principles. Ultimately, stay connected to your loved ones. They are the ones who can remind you of who you truly are deep inside. They comfort you when times are tough. Call them when you miss their voice, kiss them, hug them, well if you can in times of COVID. Share your moments, connect deeply with no regrets. I truly hope this first series of Hypercures gave you tons of insights by this incredible set of highly experienced guests and that you enjoyed this little fun game experiment that I crafted for you with lots of love. Please, please leave your comment, subscribe and rate this episode if you enjoyed it. So you'll be the first one to know when we're back. It won't take long, I promise. 
Right now, I'm off to focus my mind on Bossa, my games business, and start cooking our next series with more amazing guests. If you know someone who would be the perfect guest for the show, do get in touch. You can find me on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, or on hypercurious.fm. I'm Bita Luca, your host, and thank you so much for listening. For now, ciao, ciao.